T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Three days later, and I think most of us don't really feel any better. Let's turn to our next guest for his perspective. He's one of the greats at covering the Philadelphia Eagles. Does it for NBC Sports Philadelphia, also us here at WIP. Ruben Frank, of course, on the Eagles pregame show the whole season long with the Eagles. And this was not an outcome I expected. Much to discuss with Ruben. How you doing, Rube? Hey, guys. Man, Rube. You, I, I don't remember your prediction, but I assume you picked the Eagles? I picked the Eagles 34-31. So you yeah, thought it would so. be close, wow, obviously. That was close. How, how, yeah, you were close. How, how, I guess you can't be as surprised as I was. I thought the Eagles were going to win easy. How surprised are you that the Eagles lost? Uh, I mean, I'm surprised they lost when they were up 10 at halftime. Uh, yeah, I really thought they were the better team. I thought they were going to win. I didn't think it was going to be easy, obviously, I, you know, with that score. I didn't think it would be a blowout. I mean, the Chiefs. You know, you know, the Chiefs have one of the best coaches and quarterbacks ever, and the Eagles have a really, really good team. They have a better team. Like, if you listed the top ten players in that game, you know, seven of them would be Eagles. Yep. You know, probably, you know, uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and, and, and Chris Jones. But uh, the other seven would be Eagles, and I thought they were the better team. Uh, and they were for good chunks of that game, but they just – you got to finish. And, Rube, yeah, Ruben, which yeah. Eagles players – let the Eagles down. There's been so much talk about Gannon and Sirianni, and, and rightfully so, but which players let the Eagles down? Yeah, Gannon, Sirianni, and Michael Clay. I mean, it was it, this was a team loss. And, uh, I mean, obviously, Quez. I mean, like, that's that's the obvious one. Um, but, on a, I mean, because you catch that ball, yeah, first and goal to eight, you're punching it in. Yep. Um, but, uh, look, I think uh, – I think the – it's hard to say. With the, I mean, I think the slippery field was such a big factor, and you don't want to make excuses. Um, but I mean, Hassan Reddick's whole game is uh, is neutralized by the field sucking. I so, agree. Um, I mean, if you just look at the stat sheet, you say Hassan Reddick is a guy that you really thought would dominate that matchup with Andrew Wiley and get two. I had him for like two and a half sacks, and um, you know it didn't happen. How much is him just having a bad game and how much is the field? Well, you all, we all saw him slipping every time he, yeah. he tried to rush the passer. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you expected to get more pressure. I, I thought, regardless of the field condition, I thought the guys up front played too many snaps. I, I thought um, they didn't get any pressure in the second mm-hmm. half. Some of that is the field. I, I'm sure some of it was they just lost their one-on-ones. Um, 
uh, you know, I I, I thought the, the D-line was going to come up bigger. Um, I thought the secondary, you know, they they gave up too many plays. And I, I get that they're playing the best, one of the best ever. But, uh, you know, I I expected more from, from Slay, from Bradbury, you know, beyond just the, the penalty. Um, you know, you can isolate certain guys. I mean, if Sayamalo doesn't jump offside, obviously there's no fumble. Uh, there's no touchdown. You probably win the game. I mean, that's seven points in a three-point game. So, you know, it was a team loss. You know what? It was really team loss. You could there's there's a few guys, uh, you know, Devontae, Jalen, and AJ were unbelievable. And and you know, even though Jalen had the fumble, which was really costly. I mean, he he look he he played incredible. Uh, but there weren't a lot of guys that you look at and said even the O line in the second half was was getting dominated by the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were the more physical, more the, the aggressor physically in the second half. I did not expect that. Um, I, I'm not sure why that happened. I didn't expect to see that happen. It hasn't happened all year. I mean, all year the Eagles have used that same formula to win, running the clock, you know, keeping keeping the ball for 35 minutes, and they did all that. They had, they had the ball the whole first half, and they still couldn't wear down the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, it's like they they ran they ran the plan perfectly in the first half, uh, and they just they just couldn't finish. Rube, you said something that was interesting there that I hadn't considered uh, that the D line seemed uh, tired. You know that, and then I look at their snap counts and uh, Hassan Reddick, eighty four percent of the snaps. Josh Sweat, eighty two percent. Fletcher Cox, eighty two percent. Javon Hargrave, seventy six percent. Do you feel like they should have rotated those guys more, and that would have given our defense a better chance to actually stop the run and get more pressure on Mahomes? Yeah, I wrote about that today or, or yesterday. Might have I don't even know when I wrote about it, but yeah, it was the first time this year um, that any of those guys. I think it was the second time this year um, that anybody played. 80% of the snaps or 70, 75% of the snaps wow. up front. And then all four of them did. Um, so the, the reason this D line was so effective all year was because they rotated and they didn't do that. And wow. that's a question for Tracy Rocker and Jeremiah Washburn, who, you know, who, who handled that rotation. And look, the chiefs only had 20 snaps in the first half. So I, I get that you want to get those guys on the field as much as possible. But in the second half, they still didn't rotate and the chiefs had the ball for, I think they ran 30, 33 or 35 plays, which is kind of a normal half, and they still didn't rotate. And uh, we didn't see a lot of BG. We didn't see a lot of, um, you know, Jordan Davis. We didn't see a lot of that whole second group that's been so good. Um, I thought Josh Sweat had a great first half. He got some really good pressures. And then, you know, second half, he's playing more snaps than he's used to, and you just didn't see the impact. I mean, the reason this team was so good up and had eight, whatever, 78 sacks during the regular season was because they rotated and they just stopped doing that. Hmm. Ruben, uh, are, are you hearing anything uh, either on the record or off the record uh, that you can share? Um, that, it, I mean, not when I say off the record, on, on the record, but not to be attributed to a, a specific person, that about the Eagles' level of anger as an organization about the field and about the call against Bradbury and against the overturn on the Devontae Smith catch. Um, you get any insight on that? Yeah. You know, we were in the locker room for a couple of hours yesterday, and um, I didn't really talk to anyone about the catch. Or, um, I mean, the, the Bradbury penalty, yeah, uh, I think. Because, Ruben, you know Ed Snyder 
would have gone yeah. ballistic yeah. publicly I, I as the Flyers owner. Like, what, what, how are the Eagles going to handle this, and what do you know about what they really think? Well, I think that there was a real sense that, you know, the 49ers were whiners and crybabies, and, uh, you know, they, they wanted to go out with more class than that, which they did. So you didn't hear a lot of complaining. I thought, um, obviously, I think we all know what, what they think. I, I think the field was a big topic in the locker room yesterday. And, um, you know, I, I did talk to a bunch of guys about it. And, and uh, you know, you, you have this billion-dollar event. It's the biggest sporting event in the world. And, um, you know, you're going to – you know, Jake Elliott, we saw him on that one kickoff, you know, almost sprain his ankle. And he's, you know, I talked to him yesterday. He said, you know, you're, you have a Super Bowl and you're going to experiment with a new field. I mean, like, yeah. what are you doing? I mean, what if he couldn't, what and, if he couldn't kick the rest of the game? I mean, he, exactly. you know, like that, I mean, that, that's a, that could have happened. Yeah, I mean, it neutralized their best pass rusher, their best defensive player. I mean, it, it really changed the game in a, in a fundamental way. And, um, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say they would have won the game, but it prevented both teams from playing the way that they wanted to play. It changed the game in a fundamental yeah. way, and that's inexcusable. So you think Laurie I – mean, You, you think, can't have that. Yeah. You think Laurie and Howie, though, will soft-pedal soft it publicly? Um. You know, it's not really their style. No, it's not. I'm sure. I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna you know go through, you know, the competition committee or whatever you know whoever is the the right place to go through it. I'm sure their feelings will be clear. Uh, look, they yeah. I mean, it's easy to think that they had one taken from them because of a bad field. That that just can't happen. You can't let that happen. Imagine. You know, like playing the World Series, and you know, in Little League, when they're like setting fire to the puddles, like you know, when you, before your game, like I mean, that's what it's like. It's like you know, you can't play this game on that field, and yeah, I mean, it's just a shame that we'll never know what this game really would have been like on a, um, you know, on an even playing field, so to yeah. speak. Uh, we're talking a lot today about the changes. Uh, both coordinators are gone, and I, we'll get into that a little bit. But do you think uh, the third coordinator, our special teams coordinator, Michael Clay, coached well enough this season to be back in that capacity no. next year? No, and I don't think he coached well enough last year to be back. And, you know, Nick wanted that continuity in his staff, and I, I get that. But, um, look, I, I just don't think he's a good coach, and I think the product has shown that, whether it's – you know, penalties or, or or buff punts or bad decisions or I mean it's been one thing after another and on on special teams and um it I mean that play was inexcusable. That can't happen. I mean this is a guy who his career average is like five point one yards per punt return. He stinks. And that just can't happen. You they were just it's like the biggest snap of the year for special teams. You have a chance to pin him you know, I don't know. It was like their own thirty-five or whatever. Is a crucial situation, and and you let that happen. Yeah. Darius Tony. I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, it's just you know, it's not it's not a you know Dion back there. I mean, yeah. it, it was terrible. And uh, yeah, they need to get a they need to get a, a better special teams coach in here and really just revamp that. Um, yeah. That look, yeah. I, I I hate calling for guys' jobs, but I mean, it was it was that can't happen, and. You know, you you put – and look, that seven points goes on the defense, but you can't put – I mean, you give Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes five yards, like there's not a defense on earth that's going to stop him. So, you know, when people talk about Gannon and the defense will have 38 points, well, seven are on, on, on the fumble. That's not on the defense. And seven are on that punt return. 
So, you know, they gave up 24 points to the to one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And, they, I mean, it was terrible in the second half. But to me, this is a team loss. And anybody who just says Gannon, 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 um, it was everyone. It was Gannon. It was Shane. It was Nick. It was Michael Clay. Uh, it was a lot of the players. It, it was a real team loss. And, um, you know, the defense did a really good job, in the first, a great job in the first half. They got stops on third down. I think the Chiefs were 0 for 3 in the first half on third down. You know, they they did a great job. And then one of the greatest coaches ever and one of the greatest quarterbacks ever adjusted, and they and they made more yeah. plays. Ruben, um, I, 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 think I, I think I know what your answer to this is going to be based on what you just said, but I'm going to ask it. Is it a yeah. good thing in your opinion for the Eagles that Gannon is no longer the defensive coordinator or a bad thing for the Eagles? Well, I think I, you know, he's a good coach. I think that I think that's obvious. He's a really good coach, and he had a bad, he had a terrible second half Sunday. But uh, I'm not going to say it's a good thing that he left. I mean, we don't know. I think Denard Wilson, assuming he's going to be the guy, um, he's a really really sharp guy, and he's the players love him. Uh, but that's all true for Gannon too. I mean, they had the number two defense in the league for a reason by 15 yards, number one pass defense, uh, record-setting pass rush. Um, you know, so the guy's a good coach, and uh, and I think think people that really understand the game get that. Uh, for some reason, people just decided they didn't like him, and um, you know, it ended really, really bad. I mean, there's no question about that. But uh, you know, are you going to have a chance say, to ask him? I'm not going to say it's a good thing. Are you going to have any okay. chance at any point to talk to Jonathan Gannon about the way this went? And also, how much of a distraction was it for our coordinators to have been courted? for head coaching jobs during their Super Bowl preparation? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's something that's always been – it's always happened. It's um, it's a tricky thing to navigate, and I think both those guys are really focused. I, I don't think it hurt their, their preparation, and, you know, they're not allowed to talk to teams during that week leading up to the game. Like, you know, they could talk Saturday – uh, and then starting that Sunday when the team flies out to Arizona, there's there's no contact between them. But, um, yeah, I'm sure – I mean, it's got to be on their mind somehow. I mean, um, yeah, I, I can't answer how much of a distraction it is, but it's something that's – look, Super Bowl coaches are always the ones in demand, uh, and it's a tricky it's a tricky deal. But, you, you know, I, I don't think that affected the, the game. I don't think it affected their preparation. Okay. Um, but it's it's not ideal. Do you know if you'll be able to speak with Jonathan Gannon about this game? Uh, I mean, um, you know, the coordinators are never available after games, so they weren't there Sunday. Uh, I can't. Maybe it'll come up. He's talking to the Arizona media Thursday. Uh, I'm not going to fly back out to Arizona. Uh, I'm sure at some point he will. I mean, I'd love to talk to him and ask him about some of those plays in the second half, some of those breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, maybe. I mean, Eagles play Arizona next year, right? Yeah, I think yes. play here. Here, yeah. maybe maybe we'll talk to him. We'll talk to him before that game. Uh, but yeah, long. I mean, I, oh. I, I would I, I would love to. You know, we didn't talk to Jim Schwartz after the Super Bowl until OTAs. And I remember the first question, so it's in April, the first question was, you know, about, you know, you guys gave up 571 yards. <laughs> He's like, we won the Super Bowl. Like, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I, I think, you know, look, I think everyone's going to move on. And uh, if Gannon is asked, I, I can't imagine anyone tomorrow is going to ask him about 
uh, about that, but I, I wish I, I hope somebody does. I hope somebody does too, Ruben. I really do. Ruben, let's wrap on this. Jason Kelsey. I mean, you know him real well. Gut feeling? Does he play again or not? Man, I I, I don't think I have a gut feeling because you know he doesn't drop any hints. He's really careful. Like I don't, he doesn't know, and he literally doesn't know. And and I've talked to him so much about it. He says, you know what, I'm gonna. I just I'm gonna wait until the emotion is gone. Like I don't want to be like, oh, I'm I'm coming back because of the way we lost, or if they won, like I'm not coming back because we won. He he wants to get away from that, give it a couple of weeks, and decide if he really wants to keep playing. And he said Howard Mudd told him once, you know, he asked, well, how how am I gonna know? And Howard Mudd said, when you wake up in the morning and tell yourself, I just don't want to go play football today or, or practice or go to meetings, that's when it's time. And so that's what he's got to consider. Uh, I sure hope he doesn't, because I can't imagine this team without Jason Kelsey. I, I think he had his best year ever at 34. And he's already a Hall of Famer. He, he's already he's the most he, he he's the most popular center in history. We're watching him every day at the podium, take questions for an hour, good naturedly funny, engaging, listening, and these lines of people would just come up to Jason Kelsey. Like there's never been a center in the history of the league who's who's done that. And you think about two Super Bowls, a championship, the mummers, you know, the yep. the, mum, the the parade, um, five All Pros, five All Pros as a six round pick didn't make a Pro Bowl or an All Pro till like sixth year because when you're a late round pick, it's really hard to get your reputation there. And this guy is one of he's one of the greatest players in football history. And uh, you, it's just, you know, you sit there and he's talking about like his favorite diners in South Jersey. And like, mm-hmm. you're like, this is the most down to earth superstar I've ever been around. And I can't imagine this franchise without him, but it's going to happen soon. And I just hope it doesn't happen this year. Great answer, Ruben. Great insight on all of it. Uh, we'll be talking obviously a lot through the all season. Your in season coverage was sensational. Thanks so much, Ruben. I appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. All right, there Thanks, he is, Ruben Frank. James, what do you got in there? Yeah, Elliot Shore Parks made a good point, was listening, and uh, sent me, uh, Gannon will have to speak at the Combine in two weeks. All head coaches have to speak at the Combine, so at least an opportunity, because yeah. there will be Eagles reporters at the Combine, obviously, so potentially in two weeks we could get some answers. Yeah, I don't want to wait that long. I appreciate we have that. I want him right this second. I'm with you, buddy. I'm yeah. just saying, good point by Elliot. We might not have to wait till Gannon comes here next right. year yeah. and do that coach's conference. It is a good point. I feel good about that. I mean, two weeks, yeah, it feels like forever, but that's uh, that's manageable. And, yeah, and, but it's, and uh, I hope they, they stick it to him. I hope we learn something. You know, the tricky part is he's also not going to probably give you the most forthcoming answers. Right. You know, so it just it gets that gets a little tricky, too. But, okay. but you would do want to hear him talk on the record. I want him asked. I do, too, John. I agree. Mike in Douglasville. Mike, good morning, buddy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Mike. So I've found, like, two reasons to smile since that game has ended and that's thinking about Hertz's play and now Jonathan Gannon leaving. Like, I, I just listened to Ruben Frank, and apparently I don't know football, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but what I do know is the same exact play, just flipped, should not be wide-open touchdowns. Um, I, I called you guys on Friday, and I'm 99% sure I was the only person during your, your show that called in and actually said I was concerned about the game because of Gannon and how, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes or any good quarterback um, has picked us apart. Now, I don't – I can understand where 
we're going to probably take a step back next year, especially, you know, defensively. Um, I think that's going to be more related to the players that we're going to have than it is going to be uh, coaching-wise. But the one thing that I keep wondering, are we going to bring somebody from the outside, such as like a Mike Zimmer, or are we going to just, you know, promote um, uh, Denard Wilson? And if that's the case, are we really going to see much of anything different next year? Um, well, you can. I mean, just know this, Mike. Yeah. A guy like Doug Peterson came from Andy Reid, and we were all kind of freaked out that he would inherit the worst of Andy Reid's traits. He was really good on the things Andy Reid was really bad at. That's true. Clock management, fourth down decisions. You know, like some, sometimes just because you came from beneath someone, learn from them, I mean, that can give you a great insight in, into what not to do. So I, I think it's too simplistic to just view it as, oh, the next guy will just, you know, not be good enough in those ways. Gotcha. A uh, quick question for, um, you know, you guys can answer it once I'm off. Um, if we are to look to the outside, you know, the Eagles organization for a new defensive coordinator, would a Mike Zimmer or uh, – I think Mike Zimmer ran more of like a 4-3 would that affect anything as far as, you know, Jonathan or uh, well, it could affect Davis, it, who is uh, sure. 3-4? Yeah, look, it could affect who they hire. I mean, it, it, you know, they could choose someone that they think fits. You know, normally when you change a defense, 4-3 or 3-4 or, or the inverse, it, it, it's usually about a two-year process because, you know, you got to turn that over, and it's hard to do that all in one year. Uh, now, I don't know that necessarily going to be wedded to a 3-4 on the basis of Jordan Davis because he struggled for the most part. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to have to make that decision as they do the interview process. Vic Fangio ran more of a three-four or a hybrid, right? He did both. Yeah, he he did exactly the way our defense looked. You know, the base three-four, and then you go uh, even front and the nickel and dime. Mike, give me a big answer. What was a letdown? Well, I guess I mean we can all agree twenty twenty was you know rough with COVID and everything it was horrible. But there was one bright spot uh, of 2020, and that was um, Tiger King. And I think finding out that Carol Baskin's husband is alive is a major letdown. You wow. <laughs> I don't know that we Did found that out. Did not see that coming today. So we found – I don't know. I've heard Can it fl- be a letdown when I someone's alive? I, I think that was a rumor that he was alive. Yeah, it seems like he's probably not alive, or at least they're not sure he's alive. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. The minimal amount of research I did on there that. There was all sorts yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> You know, another name I'd, I'd put out there, I don't, you know, because it seems like it's pretty clear-cut on the offensive side, it's going to be Brian Johnson. But defensively, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they elevate or go external. Another name, John, I've thought about is Paul Gunther. I mean, he was a defensive coordinator in this league for a long time. He's from here, grew up here, took one year off. I mean, literally lives here. I don't know what type of defense he ran, but I would imagine he's got to be considered. It it really seems like they like Denard. Maybe it's that lot. simple. Maybe, maybe it is. And I don't know. Players it feels like that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Like every beat reporter I've seen, whether it's Elliott or Ruben or all the people online are all like, probably going to be Denard Wilson. They really like him. It just feels that way. You know, yeah. the other names that were thrown around, uh, I mean, Gerard Mayo was one of those names, but he's now, you know, somewhere else I, it feels like because we are the last team playing right it makes it a lot harder to well, go outside your your organization here's Is where it's, vance joseph uh he's available yeah wow 
Here's where well, I guess it, I, he was with Arizona, so I guess it'll depend on Gannon's staff, right? Theoretically, oh, Gannon could keep yeah. him, but yeah. he probably will be available. And where it also gets tricky, and look, you want to hire the right guy. Like, you want to hire the best guy. But it does get tricky on how ticked off will the guys that get passed over be? Do they grumble if they don't get the gig? How mad will the players be? if one of their position coaches doesn't get the gig and the player thinks he deserves the gig, and then do they get, you know, squirrely with the organization? Like it's, it's, I don't think that happens often. I don't know how – I have no idea. I'm just yeah. – those things, though, players do happen in assume, life. Yeah, yeah. players normally assume that the organization, especially this organization, I mean – We'll nail it? That they'll, yeah, they'll put the time I hope, research but, but and But I will say effort. this, John. I'll, I'll say this. While they – I'm like, look, it's – conflicting opinions of whether they nailed it the last time they hired these guys because many fans don't like Jonathan Gannon. You know, it's not like Lurie and Howie, and I'm going to say Lurie and Howie. I know it's different with Nick, but it's not like they're that far out of the woods organizationally of a historic fiasco of assistant coaching decisions at the back end of Doug's tenure. I mean, Doug, part of the reason he's yeah. gone. I mean, there, there was a year without an offensive coordinator. There was a year, was it Mike Rowe was the coordinator? Mike Rowe, and then we had Press Taylor. Remember that whole Press yeah, Taylor Deuce was the and offensive Press coordinator ta- down there in Jackson. Yeah, they were like flipping around. Yeah, they and, were and a like passing game coordinator and a running game right. coordinator. They did that thing. And remember this, because this is a question that, I mean, it's got to be asked or at least wondered about. Who makes the decision who gets hired? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Does Nick after well, year especially two? Especially with defensive or, coordinators, where I mean, they hired Schwartz for their Doug. Like, I know. Gannon, like the same time they hired Sirianni, like they've shown that they're willing to say we're picking the defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's just. I mean, that's that's a tricky that's a tricky thing. Does does Nick get to make the call or not? I mean, that's a question for Nick Sirianni. Hey, Nick, keep it real. Yeah. Did you get to well, make the call he's or not? Say it's collaborative. <laughs> but that's when you know he probably didn't get to make the call. Because yeah. if he did, he just say question. yes. Yeah I, yeah, I made the call. I made the call. I'm the head coach. I made the call. And you know what? They'll they they might have him say that regardless. They, I don't see. I I don't think it's the case. I I man, everything that he said about his involvement with the defensive side of the football, I think it's sort of like, hey, know your stay in your lane, know your role, even though you're our well, head coach. Yeah, I think there's some of that going on. It could be. Look, the one good thing is. This not a surprise the Gannon's gone. I mean, they've had plenty of time to prepare for it. And so, you know, now you now you move. But it'd be really interesting to know who makes that call. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie, 215-592-9494. Speaking of interesting, something A.J. Brown said yesterday. And uh, I, I had a, a similar feeling to how he felt um, about a pretty pivotal moment in the game. We'll get to that. We'll rock all the calls. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Pro and college hoops, hockey, MMA, and so much more. The Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app has you covered. Get odds, bets, slots, and games right in the palm of your hand, and it's safe, secure, and easy to use. The official sportsbook for the real Philly sports fan and the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. Bet more than just the score. Bet player performances. And with live in-game betting, you can bet during the game. Bet player points, assists, and rebounds. Check out our pro basketball team. We're two-point favorites hosting Cleveland, minus 137 on the money line. The over-under for this game is 217 points. Join me now. New users, you can get up to $750 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet isn't a winner. Download the app. Start playing instantly with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.